I'm back. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Mess Dress. Um, if you haven't noticed, I was gone for a week. Sorry about that. Things have been a little bit busy for me lately. Um, I have been applying for writing fellowships and I've been writing a ton. Um, I actually was going to talk about writing in this episode, but I think I want to spend more time on it just because I'm so excited to share with you all like authors that I love, my writing process, and all that stuff. Um, Also, like, I realized that I really haven't told you much about who I am and I was also, because I missed last week, I was going to have a guest on my show, um, my sister, uh, to talk about who I am and just like actually have you uh, get to know me through the lens of somebody who has known me for the entire time I've been alive. Um, but she, she she's busy, <laughs> you know, living her life, doing her thing, and um, changing the world, and I think she's super cool, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Sorry, there's like a lot of background noise right now, which I think fits perfectly with today's topic, um, but you might just hear like some crinkles or Ben meowing. Um, Ben's my cat, if uh, you weren't aware from my previous episodes. Um... But, yeah, Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes, (laughs) today's episode. So usually when I think about these podcasts, I think about a topic and I write some, like, bullet points down and things I want to cover. But for today's episode, I wanted to do something a little bit new. Um, And that's because this topic uh, really has no flow, really has nothing that I can totally say and encompass and bullet points um so I thought I would just like do a demonstration um as you can tell this this episode is like very different (laughs) it's like not structured at all I haven't even told you what I want to talk about today so let me just do that first um so something that a lot of uh people including my friends um don't know about me is that I actually have ADD um and I think I don't I don't really know why I want to talk about this, but I think I just did because I I think it's important to talk about um Oh no, what happened to this audio? Uh <laughs> sorry. Um okay, this was all part of my grand plan, I swear. So this whole pod this whole podcast is like I was just like, okay, whatever I'm thinking, I'm just gonna like say it. And Maybe that'll demonstrate a little bit about what living with ADD is like. So for background, in case anybody doesn't know, ADD is Attention Deficit Disorder. Um, There's also ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Um, And I think people have a lot of misconceptions about ADD. Uh, A lot of people link it to, uh, you know, like the medicine, Adderall, Ritalin, and um, whatnot, and they think, you know, about, like, brain-enhancing drugs, you know, helping you have all- or helping you stay up all night to study, whatever. Um, And for me, I think this is a 
the medication is a huge reason reason that I don't talk about it. Um, I think for one, like the, oh my gosh, hold on. Let me just, um, as I was saying, <laughs> wow, this whole one take of this ADD episode is going to just be a wild ride for both you and me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I used to like not talk about it as openly because of the medication, um, especially when I was in college to, to, to have people know that you're like on a, on a certain medication, especially one that is literally one of the most abused drugs, um, in the U S it, it can often like put you in a uncomfortable position where people might be like asking if you like sell it or, you know, all this stuff. Um, so I just kind of like to like avoid <laughs> all that, um, by just, you know, not necessarily disclosing it. Um, but I also think it's like super important to talk about, um, the medication and I, and I specifically wanted to share my experience one, because I was curious if other people had experiences like this and two, because I think this is something for me that, you know, is a part of my like daily life. It's something that like shapes my worldview. It's how I experience the world. Um, and I think that's like, you know, that's part of me. And so I think it, it should be shared, but in terms of the medication uh, specifically and the experiences that I was interested in, if people also had this experience of, you know, not wanting to talk about it because of the medication, it's like for people who just don't know, um, ADD medications are regulated through something that I believe is called like a PMDP, something like that. It's like a, basically it's like a database so that people that, wow, I'm sorry, (laughs) today I'm just very incoherent. Um, but basically it's a database that physicians use in order to, um, regulate the drugs and to make sure that people are not abusing it. Um, and other, other prescriptions are put in there too, like opioids, um, because of the, um, you know, the epidemic that is happening with opioids. Um, but I think that, um, in doing that, especially when it, when it came out to me that, you know, my medications were about to be regulated, it really did change the whole system of how I was able to receive my prescriptions. Um, And for people who don't know, like now, if you have a prescription for, you know, ADD medication, when you go into the doctors, one of the things that they make you do is like pee in a cup and then they test your pee and then your like medication better show up in your pee. And if it doesn't, then you can be subject to like a whole bunch of different things and a lot of this also is like affected by like your body's ability to synthesize you know the medication and to like retain it in the body so like sometimes even if you're taking it like it might not show up and that creates like a lot of anxiety um and yeah it's just really stressful but i also like don't want to discourage people from like you know get uh getting um like treatment for add or whatnot because I think it's been something that's been really helpful for me and I used to like I used to really resist and I used to like constantly tell my doctor like 
I don't want to be on prescriptions like I know that these prescriptions have high risk for abuse and also for addiction and that was something that was like really scary for me um but I also just realized like these prescriptions help me to become like quote-unquote normal like what is normal but like quote-unquote normal and um I I used to get when I when I tried to resist you know being on medication I used to get really like jealous of my friends who could like naturally study and focus and I just thought I could like will myself into it um and that was like a huge struggle for me because I was just like I I just want to be normal right but what I what I didn't realize is that these these prescriptions help me like to become that new normal and for people who like have this notion that ADD is just like you can't focus um <laughs> I actually was just doing like a google search for how ADD can affects you and like this is very true for me and like when when you're getting like treated or like when your doctor's asking you about like symptoms and whatever um I honestly never thought I had ADD like even though people in my family have ADD um I thought like oh yeah there's there's no way I have it <laughs> and then they asked me all these questions and they're like you most certainly have ADD um but anyways like I, I, I was looking up like some of these questions and this test and I think these ones are funny um not funny but these ones make me laugh because they they really resonate with me so like I was reading this list is like oh I get bored very easily I get distracted often I tend to be impulsive my self-esteem is not as high as those of others that I know I tend to do things without thinking and sometimes that gets me into trouble I'd rather do things on my own than follow the rules and procedures of others um I can feel down when I'm separated from people projects that I like to be involved in um I (laughs) make careless mistakes that one's really funny because I do feel like because I am a very impulsive person I do make um very careless mistakes sometimes uh and like yeah I have a low frustration tolerance which is really funny because some of my friends think that uh I'm a I'm an incredibly patient person I was recently talking to one of my family members and he was telling me that I'm one of the most intolerant people that he's ever met which I don't know I don't know which is right maybe they're both right maybe I'm just different with people um But these are just, like, some of the things, like, ADD really affects a lot of things, like, social interactions with people, relationships, decision-makings, restlessness. And I was, like, reading the science about, like, the dopamine levels and whatnot, but also because I'm not really that interested in neuroscience, I kind of just, like, skimmed it and tuned it out, um... ADD right at work for there so for the rest of this episode I was just thinking that I was going to talk about um whatever popped in my head uh and yeah just the way that I think about things so this might be like a very chaotic episode so if you're like not invested at all at this point like maybe just wait till the next one um but even when I was talking about like the opioid epidemic my mind immediately went to the poem oxiana west virginia 
by William Brewer. Is that right? I'm going to look it up right now. Oxiana, West Virginia, William Brewer. Boom, I was so right. Okay, and this poem to me is really interesting um, because it is um, the title. I think Oxiana, West Virginia is a real place. Maybe. Is it? Let's see. Oh, it's called Oceana. The real place is Oceana. Yes, I did know this. Okay, so Oxiana. Oh, okay. Let me back up. So this poem is about the opioid crisis in Oceana, West Virginia. And so the the name Oxiana, West Virginia, which is the title of the poem, um, you know, is a is a play on words for like ox oxycotton. I think that's the drug. Clearly I know about my opioids and about my medication and all this stuff. Clearly. Sarcasm, in case anyone didn't catch that. Which I'm sure you did. Um, but anyways, I I really like that poem. And if you have time, you should definitely read it. Uh, it's it's really, really intense um, and beautiful. And yeah. And I also think there was a documentary called Oxiana, which talked about the opioid crisis. And I really didn't think that I was going to focus on drugs so much. But in other news, I also was thinking that the happiness that I feel from reading poetry reminded me of um the song love really hurts without you I think that's what it's called oh my see here's another thing I'm really bad at like titles of things and remembering titles of things I just like know certain phrases anyways I think it's called love really hurts without you which is played in uh, Sex Education, which is a really, really great show, and um, in that show, the one of the characters sings that song and serenades a person. I won't spoil it because it's really great, and yeah, thinking about Sex Education, that <laughs> leads my mind to um, the regulation of women's bodies, and I am totally thinking of our new supreme court justice which i can't even believe i'm saying that it's so disappointing and i wanted to make a whole episode about that because i feel really like devastated um and and fearful for you know my rights as a woman uh i'm worried about my access to contraception and I think about how important it is to have intersectional feminism. And I was actually in the middle of writing a piece about this the other week. I was watching, you know, the Senate ask her questions and all this stuff. And it was really devastating um, to me that a white woman, another white woman, is going to be a justice um, who is in charge of my rights as a, you know, person of color, as a woman of color. And I'm, I'm no hate to, you know, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but, like, I, it's very frustrating to not see yourself reflected in the government that's supposed to be representative of the people. 2020 is the largest, uh, like, has the largest Congress, oh, 
not the largest, has the Congress with the largest amount of Asian Americans as it ever has. So there have been more Asian Americans in this Congress than there have ever been previously. That's what I want to say. And that is something that I think absolutely like needs to change. And it also makes me very wary of who has my interests um, in mind, who's protecting me. It's certainly not this Amy Coney Barrett. I also keep saying her middle name or her second name is Cohen. I don't know why, um, but her name is Amy Coney Barrett. Um, that really reminds me of uh, this. One of the late night shows did some sort of segment about her and it talked about like hot dogs. Anyways, that's what <laughs> Coney reminds me of. That's how I remember it. Um, like I said, I'm bad with names. Um, but yeah, I, I think about that a lot, um, and it really scares me, and I, I hope that's not, like, too, um, I don't know, devastating or sad, I don't want to make anyone sad, um, it's just, like, something that I've been thinking about, and, you know, with the upcoming election, I hope that everyone's taking care of themselves, um, or for my U.S., um, audience, that's something else that I was thinking about, so, I recently looked at the analytics, as I do, as you all know I do, and I'm going to pull them up right now. Bam, bam, bam. Typing my password, not going to say it out loud. And, oh, I can't look at them right now while I'm recording. Oh, all right. Well, fine. That's a little bit disappointing. But I have new listeners in, like, Taiwan and Malaysia. (laughs) And how exciting is that? Like, this is reaching people all over the world. Um, Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really exciting to me. Um, that makes me happy, you know, because I feel like I've said this before and I'll probably constantly say it, but I think that art really does connect um, people and it helps spark changes, you know. Um, that's why I think that's why people are also really scared of art and also try to like regulated or try to confine it to like what is high art what is you know they they just try to box it in and I feel like it's because people are really scared of the power that it has and also I think that people just don't know the power it has it goes both ways a little bit um and everything in between yeah um and that (laughs) reminds me of what I was talking about with Emily in Paris in episode two and Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Emily in Paris and what I said about it. And I think the beauty of this podcast is that I can continue to, like, explore things that I have, um, you know, previously said. I think that there's this thing that society tries to, like, push us to believe that, you know, we're, like, fixed or that we constantly have to go on, like, one, you know, career path or, like, do all these things. But I don't think so. Like, we're constantly changing our needs are changing we're evolving um and I think it's okay you know to to change what you believe in anyways all that to say is I was rethinking about Emily in Paris and I was specifically thinking about um oh my gosh Mindy Mindy the Asian girl's character and I think before I said that I thought her character was a little bit stereotypical and I definitely don't believe that now, like, whatsoever. Um, I think that it made a lot of sense, and I still think that she's funny, and I still think that she should have been the main character. 
um, even though she was a main character. And I also think about, like, how I said I wish that Emily was, like, a person of color. Um, and I think I want to, like, expand on that more because I've been doing some more thinking about it. And I think if she were a person of color, it would have changed the entire show. One of the reasons that they were able to dip into these conversations or, like, make it seem, like, very... Like, the reason they were able to get away with so many things is because she was white. And that's that's something that I still uh, believe in. That's something I still think. Or that's something I've deepened my thought in. Um, and, yeah. I think it would have been a really different show. And I think it is a show that needs to be written. Um, where a POC is just living their best life in a, another country, exploring and figuring it out. But I still think that the show is, you know really great it's so bad that it's so good and that must say something about the writing being you know somewhat decent my ego is still there where I'm like uh maybe maybe I could write something as good um but yeah and let me think what does that lead me to that makes me think of the week that I've had um I've been doing a lot of writing for myself for people who don't know me I I uh title myself. I call myself a writer um and a you know a student of literature even though that's not necessarily what I studied um but it's something that I want to do. I want to constantly write. I'm trying to be a writer. I am actually ah now it's officially Thursday. Um but I always like record these right before it hits like midnight so sometimes it goes over. So now it's Thursday. But I actually wrote the first 20 pages of my novel in progress. And it's about, you know, being um, second generation. Well, it's about a character. Not me. It's about a character who is a second generation Cambodian American. um, You know, trying to navigate the world. uh, Trying to navigate a relationship with this uh, white boy. Um, And it's about how you know, being in a relationship with this white boy forces her to confront a lot of things that she doesn't necessarily want to confront. Um, It makes her interrogate herself and her life. Like, what does it mean to live on stolen land? What does it mean to be displaced? Um, What can family silence do? Uh, What what do intergenerational family stories look like? Um, All these, like, different questions... Um, and I wrote in my application today for a fellowship. I applied for a writing fellowship. I said that fiction, uh, for me, the beauty of fiction is that, you know, it allows us to inhabit different worlds of possibilities. And I specifically, um, talked about how writing for me allows me to, you know, have a second chance, um, and give my characters a world that is a little bit more tender and gentle than the one that we live in um yeah and I think that's that's kind of like why I write uh about Cambodian Americans or you know uh characters who are people of color and I I really do try to write all my stories with tenderness and care because that's just that's just not afforded to you know my people and people of color in general um in this world and it's really hard and yeah that's that's it like 
that's that was the heart of that application but um I will keep you all posted if I receive it I really hope I do um I I think this pandemic and all this time of uncertainty uncertainty has taught me more than anything that I want to be a writer I've been taking like all these classes trying to you know hone my craft um and trying to you know think about how to make a sentence like good I one of the people who I studied under um Richika Tomar who is amazing um her book A Prayer for Travelers is about you know two friends in the desert just like living life and you know being cool and having like a badass friend woman friendship I mean it's about way more than that but I don't want to spoil it for you um but in one of her interviews she talks about how the sentence like in every sentence is an opportunity and like you don't want to miss it you really have to like focus on it and I think about the music of my sentences and what makes them good what makes you want to keep reading after one sentence and that's something that I've been working on uh something that I've been also working on that I suck at uh not suck but like I'm currently not good at it is writing setting um and I kind of wonder sometimes like why I'm not necessarily great at writing setting like is it because I often feel so temporary in my own like existence and in the places that I am that I just like don't know what it means to be settled um but then I think about like what setting does and like world building and you don't necessarily have to you know have a permanent place there you just have to be a really good observer and I think people think about setting in terms of like oh this thing took place in New York or this thing took place in whatever city but or like a house um but I I often forget that setting can also be like the place where we take off our shoes before we go into the place that has a picture of a sailboat um, above the refrigerator. The place where grandma blows her tea three times before she drinks it. I don't know. These are things. These are ways that I um, forgot that setting can be used. And I know I said I wasn't going to talk about writing in this one, but I guess it just leaks into everything that I do, right? I think it's also because I spend like so much time doing it um, that I'm always thinking about it. And if you're a writer listening to my show, um, just like know that even when you're not necessarily putting pen to paper, pay attention, you know, because you're constantly writing. Um, or that's what I tell myself. I've always been like really hesitant to call myself like a writer or artist just because I, I don't know, it seems scary, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, fucking around doing whatever, like, uh. but I think it's really important to, like, own these titles, um, and something that I always thought is, like, oh, I have to be super productive, like, putting pen to paper, but, like, that's not true, um, you're writing even when you're not writing, um, and some of my best, like, work has come from when I'm not putting pen to paper, but, like, when I'm in the shower and I'll hear, like, a sentence in my head and that sentence gets, like, refined and refined or when I'm dreaming. Um, I've recently adopted this philosophy that, like, dreaming is a place where my ancestors are trying to send me messages. 
Um, which I think is really funny because the other day, um, sorry if that hurt your ears, (laughs) me clearing my throat, so gross, (laughs) but normal, natural, it happens, normal bodily functions, let's normalize them, um, which, which actually reminds me of this younger student who I taught, Uh, she was the second grader, absolutely brilliant, And one time she farted in front of me. She asked me, she was like, why do I have to say excuse me? And she said, why do I have to sacrifice my comfort for yours? And I was just like stunned. I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Um, But uh, I had a long discussion about this with my sister. um, And we ended up not necessarily reaching a consensus, but, um, yeah, talking about, like, what, what we need to apologize, what we, what we should apologize for versus what we shouldn't, um, still an ongoing discussion, uh, anyways, I was talking about my dream about, uh, that my ancestors were sending me, I don't know what it means that, you know, I'm dreaming about, uh, the you know little tiktok houses that are happening and (laughs) celebrities um but i'm gonna pay attention to it and see what happens maybe maybe they're telling me i need to move to la maybe that's that's what they're saying um i don't know i just think it's i think that that's a really great notion to have that you know being dreaming is being so connected to yourself and so connected to those who come before you and i'm still I'm still thinking about that and deepening um, that process. And um, I am really curious about the way people organize their bookshelves. I'm looking at mine. Um, The great thing about my bed is it literally has a bookshelf like built into it. And yeah, I, I realized that the majority of my books are written by POC authors, which is really uh, incredible for me. One of my dreams is to open a book bar, uh, and I think I'm going to make active steps to have it happen. I think I want to work at a bookstore first before I do this, so, you know, things just don't become a disaster. But that's definitely uh, one of my dreams, and I want to pay attention to... Today I was thinking, like, I'm not going to have any time constraints on this. I'm not worried about it at all. But the major constraint I have is that my phone is actually going to die soon. And I want to make sure that this gets uploaded. Um, But yeah, these are just things that I am thinking about or that have gone in my mind. Um, Yeah. Wow. I feel like we covered a bunch of different things. And that's really cool. I wonder what everybody else is doing um, during this time. How how are you all keeping busy? I also realize that I say like, oh yeah, contact me in every episode, but I've given absolutely no way for you all to contact me. And I think this needs to change. But I'm trying to decide what the best platform for this is uh, because I have a Twitter but I use it to say dumb shit like, what's the difference between wedge sneakers and booties? That's a question I still want answered. Like, what is the difference between those two? I have absolutely no idea. Um, but 
I, I don't ever really use my Twitter other than to just be like, my Twitter is essentially turned into the victorious, you know, like mood updates. Like, I'm feeling this way, mood, some emoji. Like, that's literally my Twitter. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm thinking about deleting it. And my Twitter is a way to, to just find writing opportunities. So that's what I use it for. And if you have a friend, uh, if you have a friend who listens to this podcast, wait, is that how I want to word it? Okay, if you listen to this podcast and you have a friend that's a writer um, and they're trying to like start out, like please send them my way. I love to be in community and conversations with other writers. Uh, send them like my Instagram or something and they can like connect with me there. And um, <laughs> as for the rest of you who might be interested in connecting with me, I will try to find a social media platform that works because my Instagram is kind of I'm thinking about deleting it too so I think I'm just gonna go social media free and Facebook undermining democracy who uses it anymore not me yo that reminds me of something so (laughs) I saw TikTok about how there's this there's this Asian uh Asian Asian American creator and she was talking about yellow fever and the different types of guys who are most likely to have yellow fever and um she said Silicon Valley tech guys and I thought that was uh that I felt it deeply um and I I remember seeing Mark Zuckerberg and something about him having yellow fever somewhere um (laughs) yeah okay so this is really not funny because uh i don't know yellow fever is something that like just really freaks me out um and i think that it's been like a thing that people like joke about like haha people have yellow fever and like i laugh about it too like whatever but it's actually like a very sinister topic right like the exotification of asian women um and the fetishization of them and i think it's something that is really scary because sometimes asian american women are not even thought of as people of color as women of color and it's so scary for me because when they are not thought of as women of color and they're subjected to these different things right like it begs the question of like protection and it also um yeah it also begs the question of like silencing right because like these are women who are at the margins and they are being silenced and they're not being protected and their problems are not being thought of as real because they are placed in this category um So that's why I think yellow fever is absolutely not funny. But I was remembering that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, or I saw something. Watch, I'm just going to end up like spreading misinformation. That's my biggest fear too, spreading misinformation. Um, Because there's so many different ways that you can create misinformation. And um, people like do it, like it's a whole industry, right, uh, to do that. It's a it's a whole industry for people to deceive other people. And that's why I've been thinking about like reality shows. If you know me, you know I'm also kind of a sucker for reality TV shows, especially Love Island, UK, season six. Love it. 
will watch it, have watched it multiple times. Such a good show. But it scares me because, um, like, what values are we placing into these things? And it doesn't, it definitely, I, I feel like I'm making it seem, like, so serious, right? Like, sometimes you can just enjoy content to enjoy content. Hi, Ben. That's my cat. Um, but I, I get worried, uh about you know the values that are being brought into these things like what we're signifying is really important um I think that that is also why you know like why body positivity movements have come about you know all these things uh but really I was trying to find this quote from Mark Zuckerberg where he like publicly admitted uh to like having yellow fever um or he, like, said something about Asian women. I'm, like, on a Reddit now. Oh, let's see. Um, hmm. Well, it was deleted. So maybe, maybe it was misinformation. Maybe people are just trying to say that Mark Zuckerberg has yellow fever. Um, but honestly, why would I not be surprised if he, uh, did? Oh, oh, here it is. Okay, so take this as you will. I'm on, there are two different sites that this came from. One is Gawker, which I have no idea what that is. And Asian, oh, Angry Asian Man. It's a blog, which, okay, I also don't know this one. But it says, Younger Zuckerberg listed Asian girls amid other interests like programming, playing guitar, quoting Top Gun, and defeating nemeses. Oh, ugh. <laughs> I really don't like that. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, and apparently it was posted under interests, and oh, and the title what i enjoy doing ew no uh, i mean like not surprised but still ooh i don't like that that makes me feel gross um so that's something i really don't want to end on that and <laughs> i was actually going to end too bad i decided to go on this mark zuckerberg uh spiral so let's think of a happy topic what brings me joy the color yellow which i am painting my house uh i'm painting some walls in my house yellow that's exciting um what makes you happy ben oh this makes me happy this is something that i'm very happy to share with everyone so i recently was watching clara janover on tiktok um, if you don't know her, you should check her out. She's great. Um, and she actually, like, led me to the book Orientalism, um, which I believe discusses, discusses, like, Asian American women. You'll see her video on it. Um, but there's a video of her, and she made a sling for her cat. And I have a cat, and I have time, and extra blankets, so I made a sling for my cat. And... Something that made me happy is that I put him in a sling today and I, you know, obviously put uh, his leash um, and little harness on him. So just in case he got out of the sling, which he didn't, 
I would have total control over him because I love him so dearly and would be devastated if anything happened to him. But I put him in the sling and we walked around my neighborhood. And I think it's really funny because I'm very excited for the thought of just random people to see me <laughs> walking around with, um, you know, my cat in a sling and he's just, you know, chilling. I give him treats so he doesn't fuss too much and when he freaks out I immediately go back home but my cat is also like 20 pounds um I'm trying to put him on a diet I don't really know what happened I think it's because I he used to be a part-time outdoor cat um until one I started thinking about uh the possibility for him to get injured and uh the other possibility that he might be like accidentally devastating like you know bird populations with hunting I I used to be very, like, laissez-faire and just let him roam about because I was like, oh, he's a cat. Like, I want to make sure that he feels, like, free and that he can do these things. Um, But now I just take him on, like, supervised visits outside. Like, I let him roam around, but I watch him, uh, make sure he's not, like, hunting anything. Um, I really feel sometimes like a, like a parent. I have to, like, tell him no, and he, like, cries, um, and that makes me, like, really sad, but I also have to, you know, like, be like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel sad right now, but this is what we have to do, and we can do what you want to do later so that your needs are met. Um, I think I'd be an absolute terrible parent. I would 100% be a pushover, and I've been thinking about whether or not I want to have kids due to, like, climate change and like all these things and honestly the answer that I end up with is like after this beautiful cat you know leaves this world I will probably not have a child obviously having a child is very different from having a cat but for all intents and purposes this cat is my child (laughs) and that's that um and I just want him to be really happy And to have a really high quality of life. And recently my mom bought him organic food. Which is something she doesn't even do for me. (laughs) Which I think is really funny. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It's fun walking around with a sling. My cat. Doing, you know, the old Asian man walk. You know the one where it's like... You put your hands like behind your back. And you like kind of hold them. And you kind of like sway a little bit. I don't know if anybody else's, like, family members do this, but mine definitely does. And my child has now sat in my lap and is purring, um, and is pawing my hand and my phone, which is our signal to go to sleep. Clearly, he's training me. Yeah, okay, we'll go to sleep. Um, with that, (laughs) I'm gonna conclude this episode. Do you want to say bye to them again? yeah no you don't okay uh so with that much love and until next time some episodes to look forward to i'll probably talk about writing and i will bring in a guest soon and also for the chaotic episodes because i know some of you are listening for the chaos i'm thinking maybe i should have a podcast date so let me know what you think and i i believe you can actually leave me like voice messages if you're listening on anchor so if you are 
and you're interested in telling me how much I suck or how great this podcast is or anything in between, feel free to leave me a message. Okay, much love. Bye. Oh, yeah, and um, something I didn't mention earlier that I totally wanted to mention that I just thought of right when I said bye is, you know, in thinking about this episode and, like, having ADD and talking about my impulsive uh, needs and whatnot, it all stems from a need of stimulation. Like, I need, I, I literally have a neurological <laughs> condition <laughs> that requires me to be stimulated so how am i not gonna go seeking chaos um because that's where i'm gonna get stimulated of course so hot mess just totally makes sense okay that's what i wanted to say and i also wanted to say please listen to the podcast my sister the therapist um one of my greatest friends has recorded this she's so dear to me and it's just a really fun podcast of uh her and her sister talking about all these different great things and they are so so cool so please go check them out um you can stream it on spotify my sister the therapist and with that this concludes my add diary um much love be safe take care of yourselves and Yeah, I'm rooting for you. Okay, much love. Bye-bye. And let's also remember that ADD is only considered a disorder under capitalism because of its ties to productivity and would probably be considered neurodiversity and would be celebrated outside of that framework, um, which is really unfortunate that, you know, it, it is, you know, treated and stigmatized the way that it is now. I also want to say that I think in the beginning when I was talking about, you know, the database, I kind of didn't stress, like, how uncomfortable that is, you know, to know that something that you kind of need is being watched so closely. Um, And even with the way that we deal with um, the opioid pandemic and the way that we deal with Uh, drugs in general how much they're criminalized there are a ton of issues that I that I didn't talk about um that I think I will talk about in uh, other episodes you know topics such as like physician assisted uh you know suicide or um safe houses or things like this it's a very it's it's a very complex thing um and I didn't I didn't want to just breeze through it Um, But I also didn't use my trademark, oh, we're going to get to it later, um, to talk about it. Because I was just, uh, I don't know, I was just giving, like, a glance at, like, how how strange it is, you know, to, like, go into a doctor's office and to, like, pee in a cup. And then for them to be like, hmm, you're not doing this the way that I want you to. (laughs) But also, it's like, you know, I, I also understand that they're doctors, they have these rules that they need to follow and whatever, but... It makes it makes it definitely uncomfortable for sure, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'll have to do more thinking on it. But I definitely wanted to say that before the episode ended because my mind goes back, and I'm definitely an overthinker. Like I, I think about things like long after, and I'm like, huh, did I say something that like 
I don't know, has like all these different ramifications. I'm always like really worried about that. It's not that I'm worried about saying the right thing, because I don't think there is a right thing, but I think I'm often worried that I'm not informed or that things I believe are not as developed as they could be. I really trust my gut and know that like I have a v like I'm very tuned in with myself. I know these things to be true. But I think sometimes they just don't always come out the way that I want them to.